0: Welcome to The Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Today is the last episode in season one of The Healthy Family Project. I really can't believe it. I feel like we just got this thing going, and here we are already at episode 15. So thank you to everyone listening who has listened um, and hopefully you'll continue to listen. I promise we will continue to grow this project and have great topics and conversations into 2019 and beyond. So today we welcome George Sispansky to the podcast. George is a new dad. He's the host of a podcast himself. It's a fruit and veggie packed podcast, Now here comes the tongue twister, the broadcast from the produce aisle. So say that five times fast and see what happens. We got to make sure we all subscribe to his podcast. I'm sure he'll be sharing some information on that for us when we start our chat. So George has an extensive background working in the fruit and vegetable industry. He he's an insider. Over the last 14 years, um, he's been in the mix of things, and then has spent the last eight years with the Produce Marketing Association, helping to put on the largest. Fresh Produce and Floral Convention in North America. It's a pretty big deal. Our team attends this convention every year so we can scope out what's new, uh, meet with like-minded brands who we may be able to partner with. You'll see a lot of those folks featured on our website over at ProduceForKids.com. Just really, really well done, really well We'll um, put together show. We're excited to chat with George today about trends for 2019 in the world of fruits and veggies. What's to come? What we can keep and kind of keep an eye out for in our produce department, as well as learning how we can all shop the produce department um, smarter. Uh, sometimes we tend to just grab grab and not pay too much attention to things like what's in season and price and and all of those those tips so he's going to share some of those with us and then you know shop smarter maximize flavor and um, save a few dollars because you know that's something we all we all want to do especially moving through this holiday season and into the new year let's get started um, with our chat with george Welcome George, we're so excited to have you today. So new year, new you season is right around the corner and we felt like it was the perfect time to get you on the show to help us get set up for 2019. Before we get started, I always like to have whoever we're talking to tell us a little bit about themselves and what inspired them to do what they do. So if you could tell us what inspired your love for fruits and veggies and kind of that career path that you've chosen.
1: Well, thanks, Amanda. And I'm so excited to be here. Um, my love for fruits and vegetables, I grew up in a household where family dinner was the most important thing. And I have an Italian mama who is uh, really into feeding her uh, her family. But in college, I was a, a food marketing major. And when I was given, you know, the opportunity to work in the food industry, Fruits and vegetables are really the the part of the food industry where you can feel really good about what you're sending home. You know, if we accomplish our mission in the produce industry. At the end of the day, it means when we sell produce that people are eating healthy things, that they're eating whole, wholesome fruits and vegetables. So really, I've been excited about that for I started in the produce industry, depending on where you count, about 10 or 15 years ago and uh, got to spend some time promoting local vegetables with uh, the state of New Jersey and selling imports. And uh, now working for PMA, uh, the large trade association that puts on a a big fruit and vegetable convention every year. You know, I get to to be a part of that industry every day. And it's something that I really love.
0: And now and also parlaying that into your new podcast. We can't we can't not talk about that.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Well, the the podcast from the produce aisle is a Uh, project that I started with my wife, uh, because when it comes to fruits and vegetables, my friends always think of me as being the the guy who who knows it. But Mm -hmm. I'm really a a jack of all trades and a master of none. And at the end of the day, I I thought it would be a great opportunity to bring all the experts in the industry that I've met along the way and have them tell a little bit about their story. You know, in in my own journey with eating, I want to continue to find ways to eat more fruits and vegetables. I know I can be eating healthier. And I think a big part of the way that we can get there is by making it a topic of conversation, making it something that we highlight and we spend time on. Um, so I've been really excited. We just wrapped up season one of the podcast, um, And I, I think we've been able to bring some really cool stories to light and looking forward for what we can do next.
0: Awesome. Well, love hearing inspiring stories from all of our guests as to how they got where they are. Um, all right, so let's hear from you, the expert, on what's coming for us in 2019. What are we as shoppers going to see in the produce department next year? You know, those things, what's going to blow our minds or change the way we eat or shop?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked that. There are some really cool things coming. And as being a uh, A part of industry trade shows and and seeing what's coming on and talking with the the growers and shippers of fruits and vegetables. I see a lot of specific products, but they don't always make it to each of our grocery stores or they might not make it to all parts of the country. Right. But there are some really cool themes that I see coming down the pike. Um, One that has been important for you know for the whole time that I've been paying attention to the industry is convenience and it really drives what we see as coming into the produce aisle. The growers like to listen to what moms and and dads and shoppers want and that's always something. Um, but what I'm seeing now is that the the ready to cook meals, some of the the fresh cut, the the already you know partially prepared fruits and vegetables, are getting more creative. So I mean, we buy the already cut broccoli all the time. And that's been around for a long time. But now just this week, we made the cauliflower fried rice. So you're starting oh, to see uh, some my of my
0: favorite. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: And it's just like there's nothing to it. But it's got all the different ingredients in there. It's ready for me to make a sauce around it or, or pour something in with it. Um I, I think we're going to see a lot more of that where it's it's blends of vegetables that are ready and maybe already a little recipe inspired. So it's not that you have to figure out what to do with it. Um, it's already getting close. One of the cool products I saw was a vegetable breakfast bowl where mm-hmm. it goes into the microwave and maybe you add an egg or protein or maybe you don't, but trying to get vegetables into more parts of the day. Um, so I thought that was something really cool as a fresh cut um, vegetable offering. Also, Looking And I, I've been listening to the Healthy Family Project a lot. I've heard you guys talk about the Instant Pot. Yes. I don't have one yet. <laughs> but I saw an Instant Pot-ready vegetable uh, kit. So the farmers are, are listening and they're seeing what's cool and trying to hit as many trends as they can at once. So they're competing with uh, with the meal kit delivery and trying to see, all right, well, how can we keep up with that trend? And if people are looking for healthy and easy meal solution they want to be able to offer that too so something like that that meets that instant pot trend and is capturing that ready to cook meal solution trend um we're going to see more like that coming down the pike the the other thing um not to change gears completely but it's not only about what you'll see in the produce section that's cut up already and i'm excited about some of the new varieties that are going to come out too and and yes from breeding and different kinds of um, heirloom seeds that are are discovered or kind of brought back to to the forefront. There are new uh, varieties that come out. And one that I think is cool and going to be really family friendly are these itty bitty cucumbers that are just ready to be dipped in some ranch and eaten just as they are. No peeling, no chopping needed. Um, And I love that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's kind of like you know bananas are all forever people are going to buy bananas so it's kind of like that they're so easy throw it in your bag grab and go like now we're going to have some new grab and go like these mini cucumbers that you could just kind of tote around with you or whatever else is coming out in those the mini form that are easy to just throw in your bag on the go
1: oh yeah i i love the uh I, i and like i said i haven't seen the mini cucumbers at my store yet um you know we have some of the the smaller ones that are, are ready. But I'm a big cucumber guy. And just that's for me, if I have have that, and I have that satisfying crunch of cucumbers and dip, it keeps me from going to the chips.
0: I agree. Um, well, and it's fun. Uh, it's like, you know, you when you talked about breakfast and trying to incorporate those fruits and vegetables into, you know, these cert- these meals that may not necessarily be thought of as a meal that you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables with. I think that that's that's going to be a really cool trend for people to kind of start incorporating those vegetables in with their egg or whatever else they might, you know, be making making for their morning meal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like if you can't be a bigger part of the plate and we certainly still hope to Be a bigger and bigger part of the plate, but why not be on more plates? So I I think that that's something the vegetable guys are looking at that fruits are already uh, a pretty big part of Mm -hmm. breakfast I think those cucumbers show where where the growers are thinking too because um, As much as those traditional meals are important Americans are spending more and more time eating in snacks And getting more of their food through snacking occasions and I mean, it's it's not surprising with our busy lives and and you know, like I, I don't know if we mentioned it or not yet, but I, I'm a new dad, so I'm starting to see how much more can come with that even now when I don't have to drive the baby around to soccer practice or anything yet. Um, it's it's being able to eat healthy when you're on the go is more and more important.
0: It is. It's, it's great to have some new options. Well, it sounds like 2019 is going to be a great year in the produce department. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> um, in past conversations, you and I, we've talked about making fruit and vegetable purchases and kind of meal planning and, and looking at what your, your family's going to be eating for the week based around what's actually in season. And I know if you follow Produce for Kids, on our Instagram or any, really any of our social media, you can, I can guarantee you on the first of every month, we put out uh, a little graphic or a chart that shows you what's in season uh, for the month. So definitely take a look at that. But can you tell us what should we be taking advantage of right now? I guess like the December, January, what's in season, what are, what, what should we have on our plate?
1: Absolutely. I, and I love the idea of sharing those, um, those guides to what's coming up because I, I think thinking about it that way and putting a little theme behind your plate of what's in season is a great way to get excited about it you know at November and December you can't help but in December and January but be excited about the things that feel like winter and like the fall mm-hmm. we have th- fruits and vegetables from all around the world but it's fun to embrace the things that would be growing if we could only eat local like for me potatoes and root vegetables and apples. And it doesn't have to feel um, boring and like the same old um, beyond just finding new recipes. I like with root vegetables, and especially it's snowing where I am right now in uh, in Delaware, you know, I like to warm up the house and roast everything this time of year. So swapping out some of those roasted vegetables and putting pars- uh, roasted potatoes and putting parsnips in and carrots and having a mix like that, I think kind of brings it up a level without making it really any more complicated. Um, so I do, I really like parsnips. If, if you're looking for something a little different, I always find parsnip is kind of like in between a potato and a carrot flavor mm-hmm. as some of that, like, um, I want to say kind of a, a, sweet, but almost minerally earthy flavor of a carrot and some of the, um, almost a little bit creamier, like a, like a potato. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, doing some of those things that feel like winter at this time of year, but, um, looking at how we can stay creative and keeping it fresh and a little different with apples. There's so many cool apple varieties right there. I feel like, uh, Honeycrisp and its success and popularity is kind of kicking off a lot of new varieties, but I still go back to my tried and true galas, (laughs) Royal Galas and, and Granny Smith, um, pink lady apples. So, It's a great time for for apples and root vegetables, but one of the little bit brighter and maybe doesn't feel so wintry items that I'm getting really excited about is that January is a great time for citrus. It's when the citrus season from California comes in real strong, and you can get so many different varieties. Now, it's not just clementines that are easy to peel and seedless or close to seedless, Um, One of the really popular brands is Sumo, which is more like the size of a regular mandarin orange, but still easy to peel and just has an amazing flavor. Um, I get really excited about blood oranges uh, in that same timeline also. Um, I like to put blood oranges, put little chunks into uh, guacamole. And I I think it makes it like a little little surprise and a little colorful and making that kind of an avocado salad, if it doesn't look like a regular traditional guacamole, um, there's a lot of different ways you can put some of that. I like grapefruit and guacamole too, to, to you know, try something, keep it a little different, but still keep it pretty simple.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I actually just had the opportunity to try one of the sumo oranges, um, or sumo citrus here, I guess, back a couple months ago or one month ago. And, uh, let me tell you, I am hooked. They, I had that's my first time trying it, and I mean, if you can find those in stores wherever you are, I highly recommend those. and And they are kind of a, a quirky looking citrus. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're kind of big. Like a big yeah,
0: yeah, they are big, and it's
1: like an Audi in yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the navel orange department.
0: Yeah, and they're easy to peel too. And I think in our brains, we're so trained to think like the smaller the eas- you know the easier mm-hmm. but um, it was funny that you know I was like wow these are so big and they're easy to peel um, yeah so good stuff there and I have to add too if uh, from a parent, and I'm sure parenting standpoint, and I'm sure you'll be heading down this road soon. um, I feel like I have found with my pickier eater, that when I purchase things that are in season, and the taste is, you know, they're at season's peak, I guess, if you will, the taste for them, it's easier for me to introduce new things at that point in time, rather than At other times of the year, whenever, you know, things are available, but maybe they're not right at season's peak. So I would recommend as a parent, if you have, if you're introducing new things to your kids to definitely take advantage of that what's in season, because sometimes you don't get a second chance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I'll say even for, even for adults. So I, I, uh, for a few years out of college, I sold imported Fruits, mostly from chili, and I think that the um, peaches and stone fruit, peaches, plums, nectarines uh, from chili really get a a bad rap because uh, they don't have as much flavor as what people say, and that, I think, is a little bit true at the very beginning and the end of the season when you're trying to pick early and pick real late, Um, but in that prime middle of the season you know, you can't beat it. Um, and getting that ripeness when when Mother Nature uh, wants you to have that is is when naturally when fruits are going to be their sweetest and most delectable. Right. Um, it's also when they're the most abundant. And that's something that I've always found interesting. When People are looking for kind of a general tip for shopping the produce aisle. You know, I say don't always be afraid of a sale. I think people get Uh, afraid that when they see a sale in the produce department it means something's about to go bad Mm -hmm. and a lot of times the opposite is true it's you know simple economics if there's more of it the price goes down so when mother nature wants something to be really abundant even a chilean peach that'll be when it's the cheapest and when it's the most flavorful so um that's something, you know, it, it might require talking to your produce manager if it's an item you're not really familiar with, but usually they're, they're a great resource to let you know uh, what, what what should be good.
0: Right. Well, good segue, talking about produce shopping tips. So along the lines with what a lot of what you talk about in your podcast, do you have any tips for our listeners how we can be smarter shoppers in the produce department?
1: always have some tips, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody, I, I do get questions. I, my my best friend will text me from the produce department. Oh, yes. um, shout out to Paul. He was a guest <laughs> on episode two. We were talking, he's a Greek and it, we talked about Greek oregano together, oh. but um, he'll call me and say, you know, how do I know if this is ripe? How do I know if that's ripe? How do I pick the best one? Right. One of the, the best generic uh tips for a lot of different kinds specifically for fruit i might be a little better with fruit since i sold fruit um try to pick something that's heavy so when you think about a fruit that is fresh it's it's juicy and it really has a very high water content um the fresher it is the less time it's had to lose some of that water due to evaporation so something really big and heavy like a watermelon can actually change weight so that if the grocery store buys it by the pound and sells it by the pound, they could be losing money. So that's sometimes why well, you'll see that priced by a price per melon right. because it loses so much weight due to evaporation um, the longer it it stays off the vine. So I, I always say if you're looking for fruits, try and pick one that's heavy. There are tips for the specific ones. Um when it gets more towards meal planning and and that's something that um, I both get excited about, but I'm challenged by. And as I start trying to feed more mouths in my family, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm actually excited to get the tips from uh, some of, of the people in the healthy family podcast. But um, you know, remember your staple items and try something new. So, I mean, we always go back, you know, every week we're going to be eating, Broccoli. We do broccoli with just a vinaigrette of lemon juice, olive oil, and chopped garlic. And that's pretty much it. And my wife and I both happen to love it. I hope baby Maddie loves it, too, <laughs> um, because we probably have it twice a week. But I, I really think if you want to keep getting excited about it, about what vegetables are out there, trying something new. And and I think the produce aisle is one of those places where it feels OK to indulge in Um, an impulse buy, you know, to just see something that catches your eye and throw it in the cart. And it can be something that you you try out or use to look up a recipe or get to talk around the table about a little bit. And I think that that's, um, for shopping, that's something that I I suggest. Um, the last thing that I I really will push towards is, um, talking to your produce manager. If, If you feel like there's a lot you don't know about yet and to use other resources, um, you guys have awesome tips um you know i am constantly looking for for recipes on online um i use see i'm like you can tell that i'm not not cooking for a family all the time spent a lot of time with bone Appetit online and a blog called the spruce i got really into trying to learn how to cook korean for a little while mm-hmm. so there's a, a blog called korean Sang, which is um, a a Korean-American mom who posts all of her authentic recipes. Um, So looking for those recipes, finding things that get you excited to keep vegetables in there. A a lot of Asian diets happen to include a lot of vegetables, and that's why, for me, getting into cooking some Korean food helped me learn how to make a lot of vegetable side dishes that are just simple presentations of vegetables. So, um, yeah, just finding ways to keep getting excited. I think that's, for me, not everybody thinks of vegetables as, as the most exciting thing. And and if we can keep that conversation up, even within our families and saying, you know, this is something we're trying out It's in season right now. Um, when you can local stuff saying, you know, I got this or take the kids. I, I, I bring the baby to the farm stand that just happens to be right next to daycare. And she, you know, is still learning what's yeah. going on and everything, but If we make that a tradition and we say, okay, let's pick out something special involving her in that, I know is going to be a way to get her excited about trying something that might look a little bit less exciting than, you know, the Halloween candy that we're still picking.
0: (laughs) Yes. I love the idea of trying, you know, just picking out something new to try. Like you said, that impulse buy doesn't, you don't feel as guilty if you're in the produce department. I try when the girls are with me, I try to do that and say, what, do, what don't you know like what what's in here although they're they're my kids so they <laughs> they're very <laughs> versed with the different produce items but there's always something new you know yeah. that they're like oh look at this this is so weird I've never seen it before you know I want to try it and then when we go home I I I'm never. It's never like oh, you need to finish all of that. Sometimes they're like oh, this was really, really good. Here's what I think, or they're like oh no, like maybe that could go into a smoothie,
1: <laughs> but um, not gonna oh, be. Well, when you when you have some skin in the game, you're more excited about it. I was a really picky eater, and I probably probably because I was so spoiled by how good my mom cooks. But went off to college and started cooking for myself, and found you know when I was preparing it myself, and I when I put some love into it. It, it made me more willing to try something, even the vegetables that I didn't like as much suddenly taste a little bit better when I had some involvement with them and I, I think that that can be true too for when you're when you're cooking and shopping with your with your kids and trying to get them involved in the process.
0: Yes, for sure. okay, so talking about what's new and and these trends and everything else so We're reading and hearing a lot about the rising focus on food waste. As Americans, as a society in general, we do a lot of food wasting. Um, So what, you know, from your insider, I guess, perspective, what are companies doing right now that you've seen, or even maybe what can we be doing as consumers to join in the effort on dealing with this problem of food waste?
1: Well, it's getting more important to shoppers and to the industry to, to address this. It seems like it's something that there's finally more of a focus on and is becoming important to people. And really, like I said, it's part partly very important to the shoppers, and that's the industry takes cues from what the shoppers want. Um, so one of the, the simplest ways that people have started to take a look at food waste and uh, just approach it very simply is by embracing some of the ugly fruit. Um, it's called ugly fruits. It's called misfits. Um, but there are more programs at supermarkets um, with the growers, even home delivery programs, that are focusing on fruits and vegetables that otherwise may have been discarded because they don't meet the high standards that we have for for beauty and having that perfect apple or that, you know, just perfectly straight carrot. So that's one way. And and like I said, there are a lot of different programs that are going on with different supermarkets around the country and actually around the world. I think the Europeans might have had a year or two on us with this one, specifically the French in this case. That was Mm -hmm. some some of the first programs I heard about were at supermarkets in France. Um, Everything from providing them at a discount at the market to purposefully buying some of the less beautiful product to make into soups, juices, smoothies. Um, so that's one way that the industry has responded, and it's it's providing opportunities. My mom, the other day, ordered a delivery of ugly produce, um, and I think to her eye, she still thought it looked pretty good, pretty beautiful, but there are things when you see, you know, when you go to the market, it's not your fault that when you see a, a beautiful display and you think, I'm going to get the, the best-looking lemon, one with a big scar in it doesn't get picked up, but, right. you know, with a lot of items... With a lemon with a big scar in it, that may make no impact on the juice. So it's about um, being accepting of that, and 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 sometimes taking advantage of a real value if you can get that at a deep discount. Um, so that's where it pays off.
0: Yeah, that's great. I was I was just thinking back. I was uh, to Paris. What was the year? Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, no! I we'll truly, tr- truly, I was thinking back to. Paris a couple years ago I was thinking was it three years ago and that was the first time that I saw the ugly fruit in a market we were my daughter and I were running in to grab something and there was the produce and then there was a bin and it said I think it even said ugly produce or something like that and and it was like 10 you know 10 cents or whatever that equates to but yeah it was deeply discounted and I thought what a, an amazing concept. Like, I'm so glad that thinking back to that point in time that now we're, you know, starting to embrace it and hopefully, um, being able to eliminate a lot of that food waste.
1: Absolutely. And, and the other program that goes a little bit further into doing something different, uh, apparently a mutual friend of ours, uh, our friend, Laura Hearn has a company. She's a former, um, uh, former sweet potato saleswoman mm-hmm. and has started a company where they rescue some of those ugly sweet potatoes and other vegetables and turn them into uh, gluten-free flours. So flour like baking flour, but made from, from sweet potatoes for um, making all sorts of things, pasta, or ba- uh, baked goods. Um, actually, hoping to have her on the podcast to talk about it. We've talked about it, but we both have new babies. so. It's been a, a little hard to coordinate, <laughs> but, you know, looking at really out of the box ideas for how to make use of those things that would have been uh, never consumed otherwise. And like I said, it's always really cool when a company can take advantage of a couple different trends. So they're getting the gluten free uh, trend. There needs to be more options for people who have celiac or a diet that that restricts gluten. Um, it's eliminating waste. So it's it's got that kind of philanthropic feel. And you know, sweet potatoes are cool right now. You know, they're 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 a good ingredient that's wholesome and delicious and happens to be on trend on menus too.
0: Exactly. And and like we always do, we'll link up to a lot of anything that we're talking about that has a link to direct you guys, the listeners to we'll we'll link up to because they are definitely doing a great yeah. job.
1: Their company's um, called Glean.
0: So we we'll, yeah, we'll definitely link up to them. Okay, so lastly um, as a new dad, and I know you're not at this point yet, <laughs> but you know I wasn't going to let you go without throwing one of these questions in there. So, as a new dad, do you have are you thinking like not to put too much stress on you right now, but do you have a strategy in place for this one, this little one to be surrounded by all the fruits and veggies or have you been referencing sites besides produceforkids.com, of course?
1: <laughs> so, um Produceforkids.com for and the healthy family project have been some of the real beginning for it oh, um i loved your first foods episode it was time perfect for me um i listened to it like as we were starting the beginning and we're doing purees right now and the baby has been really good about starting to get excited about her cereals with purees mixed mm-hmm. in um but it is a little nerve-wracking so it was. It was cool to listen to that show. I feel like it was like episode five maybe, Mm -hmm. but um, it was great to listen to that and hear that other people are going through the same thing and getting some tips. I think in the real near term, I think we're going to kind of try and blend a little bit of the baby led weaning and the purees. Um, But really we've been checking out you guys and otherwise it's been the advice of, of our friends and family and the doctor. But I was pretty excited the other day where the baby has her second teeth coming in, um, second tooth. And we gave her a big slice of cucumber to yeah. chew on when I was like, cut it real. I got real fancy and cut it on the the bias so mm-hmm. that, you know, she had a long piece that she couldn't like swallow or choke on. We're still figuring out how, what, 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 kind of stuff is risky. Right. Um, but it was, it was really fun to do that. And I think that that's, honestly, I think I'm going to wind up starting eating even more fruits and vegetables to make sure I'm setting a good example and have it available with her. But, um, as soon as I can, I want to have her, you know, part of the process. And I already talked to her about what I'm chopping on the cutting board, even though, you know, we're still at this early. She can't talk back about it yet. But I think that that's, I think that's it. You know, I grew up watching my mom in the kitchen and my dad. Um, but, but my mom is really this exceptional chef and, um, Spending time with her, it's it's a good memory for me. It was a bonding experience. It helped me learn how to cook. Um, although I think I didn't realize until I started cooking with like Blue Apron and and reading other recipes that there were more ways to cook than Italian. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, having making that part of a family experience, and we just started. The baby is just high chair ready, and starting to do family dinners together. And that was such an important part of growing up. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Italian a little bit, don't let the name fool you. And um, I don't want to get like all emotional, but it really meant a lot to sit down with my wife and the baby and have some of our first family dinners just this week. So spending that time together around food and making it part of our lives and something that's important, something we're, we're mindful of. Is really the the basis of the plan for me?
0: well, and I think I can tell you, I think that's a great plan because just basing it on and what you're eating is important, but that time spent and that family meal and the involvement in the kitchen and you know, my youngest daughter is I like to call her a selective eater. <laughs> uh, she doesn't eat completely, you know, she doesn't go towards all of the unhealthy foods, but she's just, there's like, she has her list. And so I always say, you know what? Someday when she's out on her own, she's going to, she may not be eating this today, but she's seeing it and she's watching us eat it and she's trying things. And so just setting that groundwork for her, you know, to, to understand. And like you said, setting an example um, is, I feel like just instrumental and, and, and she's going to be eight. And she, this past couple of months, she's been, let me try that. Let me try this. Let me try that. I think it makes her feel a little bit more grown up now instead of like, oh, I'm not, a, you know, the, the little one anymore, refusing to eat my broccoli, you know, like I'm yeah. fancy now, like I'm mature. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, whatever it takes, she's eating them, so Absolutely. that makes me happy. But well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. This has been great. I'm I'm sure our listeners are ready to get out there and and see what's new and take some of these tips and implement those. So now everyone needs to go subscribe to the podcast from the Produce Isle to hear more expert talk from George on all of the fruits and veggies. We just thank you so much for chatting with us today.
1: Oh my gosh, Amanda, thanks for having me. This was a total blast. Um, and for people who are listening, uh, you can always find us. It's at Produce podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'll say probably most active on uh, on Facebook. Um, and if you're looking for the show, it's the podcast from the produce aisle. And it's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. And if it's somewhere that you're looking for it, find me on social and, and I'll make sure it gets added.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Thanks, Amanda. Take care
0: thanks for listening in today I hope this conversation was helpful for you it certainly was for me uh, if you're looking for links you know where to find them uh, over at the show notes we have we'll have all of those for you there and then um, the holidays are truly upon us it's it's a busy time um, hopefully people aren't see, facing too much stress and remembering to take some time to to just um, enjoy the moment and enjoy the season. So don't forget to download, we have a free Festive Flavors e-cookbook available now at produceforkids.com slash flavors. I'll also link to that in the show notes if you want to grab that over there. We do have lots of amazing festive recipes in that, Ebook that have a healthy spin on them, so perfect for lightening up the holidays just a tad. And then in two weeks, we'll be kicking off season two. Woo! I can't believe it. Um, so make sure to subscribe to the Healthy Family Project so you can get notifications when new episodes are live. Our schedule right now is every other Friday. Um, if you can, please leave us a rating in the App Store. That would certainly help. To elevate uh, awareness of the podcast, the Healthy Family Project, and get more families listening and, and really, you know, the bigger we make this project, the bigger difference we can make in the health of our families and in future in the future generations to come. And then you can find Produce for Kids on social media. We're sharing lots of holiday uh, recipes and ideas and crafts and tips. So um, now's a really great time to tap into our Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram, as well as YouTube. And then I've had um, a few people tweet me directly. um, And I don't think I've ever actually given my Twitter handle, but if you'd like to tweet with me, or at me, or however that goes. I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer on Twitter. Be
1: sure to subscribe. Talk soon.